A River to Cross, A Story of Life. Chapter 55, God is Righteous. God is in control, and he is righteous in all of his ways. This is challenging because there is much we do not understand about life. Every day we find ourselves asking, why, God? We will at times continue to ask the question, but now we must move past the question to the knowledge, God, no matter what happens today, no matter that I don't understand it, I know that you are righteous in all your ways, and I can absolutely trust you. We must see God in his righteousness to come to the necessary and absolute reality and truth of our own unrighteousness. God is righteous and the source of all that is right. Apart from him, there is nothing righteous in us. We must completely abandon, yes, completely and finally abandon any thought that we are righteous. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. On Christ's solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. When darkness veils his lovely face, I rest on his unchanging grace. In every high and stormy gale, my anchor holds within the veil. His oath is covenant, his blood support me in the whelming flood. When all around my soul gives way, he then is all my hope and stay. When he shall come with trumpet sound, oh, may I then in him be found, dressed in his righteousness alone, faultless to stand before the throne. On Christ's solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand, all other ground is sinking sand. Have you ever given thought to how much time we spend being right or seeking to prove we are right? We spend an inordinate portion of our lives seeking to be right and proving that we are right. We want others to know we are right and they are wrong and that what we said was right. We were justified in acting as we did. In small, completely inconsequential things, we want to make sure everyone knows we were right. The truth is, anything we do that is not solely for his glory, the glory of God, and does not honor God is not right, and very few things in any of our lives meet those criteria. Likely, there is nothing upon which we expend more time and energy than being right. We seek to be right above all else, yet we fail miserably. In vain do we seek to establish righteousness on our own, in ourselves. Self-righteousness is no righteousness. There is nothing we fail at more miserably than our efforts at self-righteousness. God alone is righteous. Righteousness is a part of who God is, and God is the source of all righteousness. In the same way that God is light, God is righteous. 
We can no more achieve a state of righteousness apart from God than we can create light without relying on the light that is holy from God. And what does God have to say about our efforts at self-righteousness? Quote, as the scriptures say, no one is righteous, not even one. No one is truly wise. No one is seeking God. All have turned away. All have become useless. No one does good, not a single one. Romans chapter 3, verses 10 through 12, New Living Translation. Where do you and I fit into the no one is righteous, not even one question? That hits us square in the face of our failed efforts to produce our own brand of righteousness. The whole truth is that none of us nor any position we take is righteous unless it is based on and rest wholly in Christ Jesus. Pursuit of righteousness personally and professionally has been a significant part of my life's efforts. But today I humbly bow and acknowledge God is righteous and beside him is no other. On my very best days and all the other days too, I fall woefully short and my very best is like filthy rags in the presence of Almighty God. There is more important lesson we can learn at the moment we fully grasp our unrighteousness, we begin to see and understand God's perfect righteousness and our total dependence on him. The failures in my life come from my failed efforts at self-righteousness. The reality is we all suffer this ill-advised course of pursuing our own brand of righteousness or self-righteousness, that is to say, no righteousness, you have met with no better success than have I. Righteousness is a part of who God is, and it is ours only to the extent we have yielded our lives to him through Christ Jesus as we are led by the Holy Spirit. The only righteousness in you and me is the righteousness that is of and from God. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 17 through 21. We need to know how important righteousness is to God. He is right, he is holy, and he has called us to the standard of righteousness. This is a picture of how we have done in response to God's call. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men, who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. 
For what can be known about God is plain to them, because God has shown it to them. For his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in the things that have been made, so they are without excuse. For although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him, but they became futile in their thinking, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man and birds and animals and creeping things. Romans chapter 1 verses 18 through 23. We have no defense and we have no valid excuse to offer for our unrighteousness, but we do have an answer and that answer is Jesus. We just read this, he made him to be sin who knew no sin so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. We have one path to righteousness and that path is a person, the person of Jesus Christ. Here is what Jesus has said about our journey. Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself, that where I am you may be also. And you know the way to where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you're going. How can we know the way? And Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. John 14, 1 through 7. God is righteous, and righteousness is his standard for our lives. When we begin to understand God's righteousness, then the answer to the question, who do I say God is, is in large part, God is righteous. Having settled in our minds once and for all that God is absolutely righteous and we are not, we can finally abandon our futile efforts at self-righteousness. We can enjoy the ultimate freedom of resting in the righteousness of Christ Jesus. Paul explained that righteousness is a gift from God alone. Quote, For if because of one man's trespass death reigned through that one man, much more will those who receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man Jesus Christ. Romans 5:17. Knowing and embracing our unrighteousness is not a cause for lament but a foundation for celebration. In our recognition of God's righteousness, we are blessed with peace and freedom found nowhere else. Knowing God is righteous and we are not is the exact message of Jesus. Very first words in teaching we call the Sermon on the Mount. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Matthew 5 verse 3. To get a fuller sense of this verse, let's look at it in the Amplified Bible. Blessed, spiritually prosperous, happy, to be admired are the poor in spirit, those devoid of spiritual arrogance, those who regard themselves as 
in significance. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven both now and forever. Matthew 5, 3, Amplified Bible. Here is my word for it. When I understand that I have nothing to offer God, that I am totally, completely dependent upon him, I begin to find the peace that passes all understanding in the finished work of Christ Jesus, who said on the cross, it is finished. We need to be finished seeking our own righteousness and rest fully in his righteousness alone. Prayer, thanking God for his righteousness. Heavenly Father, righteous God, you are righteous and I am not. Lord, help me to once and for all lay aside the notion that there is any self-righteousness in me. Lord, I am poor, helpless, spiritually blind, and naked apart from your saving grace. Lord, thank you for loving me so much that you sent your only son to become sin that I might become the righteousness in him and before you. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, and for that, I am eternally dependent and grateful. Thank you, righteous God, for making me right before you in Christ Jesus. Amen.